Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Long Talk here on New Zealand Sports Radio. And we have uh, an absolute cracker uh, today. Uh, an international in two different sports. Well, kind of two different sports. Um, I'm going to be chatting with Olivia MacDonald from Volleyball uh, New Zealand. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Currently out in the country, chilling out. Obviously, not too much volleyball going on. But apart from that, things are pretty good. You said in the pre-chat there that you're with your, um, your, your, your brother's place. So does... Uh, does him or his wife or, or, or partner play any volleyball that you can practice with or are you just having to practice on your own? <laughs> yeah, definitely no volleyball being played here. Though. I mean, I could train them up, but I can't necessarily uh, count on them to be able to give me any good reps. But <laughs> I've got three nephews here, so maybe I'll train them up. There you go. Have you, oh, wow, it's, it's halfway towards a, uh, a volleyball team there. Um, they uh, <laughs> need, need six. Um <laughs> So what, what, is, what was your very first sort of sporting or, or very first volleyball memory? Hmm, very first memory would have been probably in high school when I was about 13, 14. I had a PE teacher who was, kind of told me, he's like, I think you'd, you'd be good at this sport. So I gave it a go and kind of fell in love with it since then. Because, the, yeah, I've talked to a number of uh, rugby people and they were like, oh, yeah, when I was five, I started playing, or I remember getting up in the middle of the night with 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 my dad to watch it, drinking Milo. Your, your introduction to volleyball is a bit different to that, isn't it? It is it is later in uh, later in life. So so were you were you into other sports before then? Yeah, I was. Well, I didn't really get serious about volleyball until I was maybe like seventeen. I was like any other kid, convinced I was going to be a silver fern. Kind of netball was the way to go, and so I was playing netball seriously throughout high school and then yeah I was playing volleyball because I enjoyed it it was just a bit of fun like, a few of my friends played and it was just good social environment like not serious at all and then yeah things kind of started to progress and I got into well I got asked to go train with New Zealand teams and my love for it kind of just grew from there. Well we progressed here we are um, MVP of the New Zealand under 17 beach and indoor team um, your uh, captain 
for your uh, se senior team at school for, the, for for at least two years, I think it was, and um, an MVP, it says here, in your bio. Um, I do like the Arizona website. Well done. Thank you for helping me with this. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> um, so when you say you progress, you, you, it's, you, yeah, you progress pretty quickly into uh, fast track through the, uh, through the ranks. Yeah, so I started off yeah, with indoor, and indoor was awesome. Like when you've got a, like a massive team playing volleyball, like I yeah, obviously was still kind of just playing it because I absolutely loved the sport. Nothing more. I didn't really think I could go any higher than that. I was just playing because I enjoyed it. And yeah, so for, I played New Zealand under 17 indoor. I played over in Aussie, and then I played for the national women's team in 2013 I think and that was kind of when I realized I was like indoor isn't the sport for me I was playing against these Chinese and I think Japanese and these Kazakhstan women who were all like six nine in my same position and I just was like if I'm to make it in this sport I've got to grow another like 10 feet <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it just wasn't yeah, I just realised then that I was like, well, I want to keep playing, but indoor probably isn't the best way for me to go and to progress and kind of get better. So that's when I fully transferred to beach. Right. Uh, so it says here that you're six foot. So you so as so international level for a blocker, that's not. Um, I mean, that sounds tall to me. It's taller than I am. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but at international level, that that's not tall for a blocker. No, not at all. Like indoor wise, that's pretty small. <laughs> yeah. Um. So twenty, so you say twenty thirteen. So did, did you get to the uh, Commonwealth Games with the, with, as, as a, uh, um, I've gone blank. It's not a, it's not a black firm. What's the the the, the term? I, I did get it emailed to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, with indoor, so indoor volleyball is not in the Commonwealth Games, but beach oh, okay. volleyball is now. But I was yeah. At that point, I was definitely nowhere near good enough to make Commonwealth Games. <laughs> okay, because down here is a. Um, oh, I'm trying to find the email now as to what um, as to what the term is that. Uh, oh, the beach ferns. Beach? Uh, no, not beach ferns. The other one. Oh. The, the one, oh, one the volley ferns. The, volley ferns. There we go. That's it. You're a volley fern and a beach fern. Yeah. Yes. There we go. That's that was the term I was I was, I was trying to find. Um, so 2013, you decide you're not that the, 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 the indoors not for you and beach is is, is much more. Um, and looking at the the records, that's when you had your sort of first sort of world tour event over in um, in Portugal. Um, yes. Yep. With um, Croda. Is that, is that, is that? Yeah, Trixie Crode. Yeah. Trixie Crode. Um, so that was your first your sort of first in, first taste of sort of uh, of international uh, beach volleyball or, or world tour beach volleyball. Yeah, no, it was. So we went on a little uh, development beach tour. So there was, I think there were three girls teams, three guys teams. And we went over and played in the States first. And we did a few tours there. And that's actually where I got scouted to go play in Arizona. So I was playing against a girl who had already been recruited to go play there. And the coach happened to be watch there watching her and I was playing against her. And... Yeah, I was just in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, and he offered me a full ride right there. The, so, I, I, so yeah, well, I was going to ask you how you how you ended up going over to the states. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, so that's that's the story. So yeah, so literally, so literally straight after the game, he comes and talks to you, or so there were there's so many rules over there, but he like legally 
with um, like the college recruiting rules are just ridiculous. But he wasn't allowed to talk to me. He had to talk to my coach. Right. And then when they were telling me this, I was like, well, I kind of want to stay in Pew Pew. Like, <laughs> I like in New Zealand. I don't want to go. And because I didn't even think about it as being a possibility or something that I could do. Like, I kind of joked about it. Like, oh, I could go play in America. But you never, ever put in the work. Or did I want to go to university in the first place? Like, I wasn't that way inclined when I was in New Zealand. So, so I was did- kind of... <laughs> Yeah, very casual about it, and I didn't really realise what it was. So did you have to do a GPA and all of that kind of stuff? To, 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 to I believe you have to have certain grades before they're allowed to take you into college um, yeah. and, and give you a scholarship. Yeah, so, and for me, since I'm not, like, school, I enjoyed being there with my friends and playing sport, but that was pretty much how it went. So academically, I just kind of cruised through, and then it got to a point where, yeah, I had to sit in SAT. But I had already finished high school. Like, I'd done all my exams, and you pretty much have to, depending on how how well you do in high school, will depend on how much you have to score on the SAT. So since my grades in high school were average, I had to score quite well on the SAT. But I had to teach myself everything in this book. So they sent you this book, which I swear was like 20 centimetres thick. And I had to try teach myself this and I was like I didn't even feel like I learned anything in high school and now I have to try like memorize everything in this giant book but I got there so if I can do it anyone can <laughs> <laughs> so SAT so that don't know it's supposed to be a kind of IQ test so you're not supposed to need uh, it's supposed to be a test how how intelligent people are without having to have all the kind of the lessons around it and yet it's ended up being this thing where you have you, you say this big thick book that you have to memorize to try and get through yeah. them um crazy um, so, because I thought you'd gone up to, to North Harbour before you went over to Arizona, or is that because uh, I'm I'm guessing there isn't a, or if you've I don't know how many volleyball players there are in New Plymouth, but or, or in Taranaki, and I thought you'd have to have to move up to one of the big centres if you get if you're getting serious. Yeah, so that's once I was done with high school, so I went to New Plymouth Girls High, and then in probably January I moved up to Auckland and I worked as a bartender and I just trained. Cool. So I pretty much trained until I went to Arizona, which was in August. And that's when I played a little bit for North Harbour. So a quick shout out for the Empire Tavern in Auckland where yeah. you were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now, now you're like, oh, my God, what information's out there on the Internet that he's, he's stalked yeah. me and come up with? Um, <laughs> okay. So, so you're just there for, there, there for a short while before you headed over to Arizona. Um, yeah. Now, if we're talking of the kind of cool, sexy places to go in the States, Arizona doesn't kind of, doesn't kind of spring to mind. It's not California. It's not. So yeah. it, you think of it just to, well, in my mind, it's just a big barren desert. So what, yeah. what, what was Aaron like, Arizona like? Yeah, well, I thought the exact same thing. Even once I went over there for my official visit. So for some players, when you're going, you're about to go to the university, they kind of want to sell it to you before you sign the contract. And so they flew my mum and I over and we got to go for a tour around the university. But I can remember getting from the airport to the university, I was like, I can't stay here. Like, it was just desert. And I was shocked. I was like, I do not know where we are. This is like the ghetto. <laughs> I don't know what this is. And then we get onto campus, and it is like one of the most beautiful things I've seen. Like these college campuses are incredible, like, palm trees and there's beautiful brick buildings it was just 
100% like the movies. And I, yeah, got to stay on campus for, I was literally there for the weekend kind of thing. And they kind of showed me what their way of life was like, and I was completely sold. <laughs> now, yeah. when 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 we say when you say um, the, the the contract, um, we I mean college sports in the states have got some really funky rules because you, you're not allowed to be professional athletes, but you're allowed to have a whole bunch of stuff paid for. So, was it kind of uh, so? so how, how did that kind of work out? Did you, what you get like your accommodation, your tuition paid for, and you had to. Yeah, so depending on what kind of scholarship you're on. So I had I've essentially everything. So my accommodation, my food, like all my training gear. Like if I, I mean, if I didn't spend my money on food, then I could buy other stuff with it. Like literally everything is paid for. I had to pay, just pay for my flights to America. Wow. Okay. So, so a bit like a professional contract, but not with, um, yeah. but, but not saving lots of money. Um, yeah, enough exactly. to live off, but yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, and that's yeah. The amazing thing is like you're literally treated like a professional athlete from eighteen to twenty-one. Like in those years of your life, you're like a professional. It's cool. <laughs> um. So well. So so when when we're talking about that, we're talking about things like you've got someone telling you about nutrition. You've obviously got you've obviously got a, a strength and conditioning trainer. Uh, you've got physios. You've got people to give you massages. Um. The basically, it, we we looked better after better there than you are back here. I mean, was it a more perhaps even more support stuff? Yeah, 100%. And I really struggled when I first got there because going from New Zealand where you kind of do it all yourself, like I definitely had physios for helping me out. Like mm-hmm. shout out to Brad Tarker. He was awesome. But like, yeah, having someone like a coach constantly breathing down your neck and you have these trainers and everyone. And for me, I was training yeah, not that often. But <laughs> just because in New Zealand we're pretty cruisy, like we don't really, especially volleyball, like there was no path. I don't really know. And so when I got there and I was training five days a week with gym session on top of that, everything in a consecutive, like you'd go from weights to a cardio straight to training and your legs would be so dead from doing weights and cardio, then you'd have this coach shouting at you because you couldn't jump out of the sand. It's like, I physically can't. Like, I'm not going to be able to get out of the sand. But you just get used to it. And, yeah, we had our washing done for us after training and, like, all of our gear was provided because we'd be matching. So literally every part of my day was planned by someone else. Wow. So, so okay, so we, we've got the, the culture shock of you of being in the States rather, rather, than, the, rather than New Zealand. We've got the um, culture shock. Obviously, you have to go to classes as well, um, yeah. which isn't kind of your, as you've said, isn't kind of your deal. And then you've also got this third culture shock, which is kind of this is how I'm supposed to act as a professional athlete rather than I've just been sort of good at it and, and, yeah. and enjoyed it in the past. Wow, now I've got to get kind of serious. Um, yeah. So were you just playing beach volleyball there or were you playing indoor volleyball as well? I was just playing beach. I was, so... Over in Arizona, if you were recruited as an indoor player, you could play beach. But if you were recruited as a beach player, you couldn't play indoor because the injury risk of playing indoor was so much higher. So, yeah, pretty much if a program was spending money on you, they wanted you to focus on that. And so beach, if we went to indoor, we could potentially get injured. But indoor going to beach probably wouldn't get injured. So. So is, is the injuries purely about the surface you're playing on? In fact, that when you're diving yeah. indoors, okay. Yeah. All right. So so 
because it says here that you competed at number two position, which I've, I'll be honest, I haven't got a clue what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, the college system, so they have their top five teams, so top ten players, and it's in a yeah, ranking system. But when I first got there, I wasn't even in the top five teams. Like, I was 12th man kind of thing. <laughs> okay. And... I kind of, yeah, after my first year, I realized that I, I kind of wasn't the best speed volleyball player. I was years and thousands and thousands of hours behind these American girls who had been yeah, playing since I was eight years old, like working hard specifically to get a college scholarship. So for me, I was, yeah, behind those girls. But I knew that, like, all right, for right now, I'm not the best speed volleyball player. So I stayed throughout the summer. And I just lifted weights. I was in the training room just with our trainer and I got super strong. So I was like, right, so my goal, since I'm not going to be the best beach volleyball player, I'm going to be the strongest. So, yeah, after that first year, kind of came out into the new semester. And I was, like, I was lifting heavier than everyone else. And then at that point, I went from not starting at all to in the number three position and then, so that was my third year. I mean, sorry, my second year. In my third year, I'd made it to number two. And then in my last year, I was the number one ranked team. Cool. Yeah. Um, so with only two of you on a team, it says position yep. blocker. Does that mean, because you alternate who serves, right? You, both, you all yep. have to serve. Um, so as blocker, does that mean you always run to the net and you're always the close person? Or, okay, so you do have two separate, they're, they're very different positions. Yeah, exactly. So my... Yeah, defenders were generally around like five five, so they're little, little players. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so all right, so so basically, so Mitchell, we have you tall and the short um, in the women's game, at least. The so when it comes to uh, finding a partner and someone to play with, uh, how and look, looking at your record on here, um, it looks like you've played with about with well with with three, well three three to five partners. Um, during your kind of international career, H- how important is it that partnership, and how easy is it to switch between people? Yeah, it's incredibly important. And there's different aspects in college. It was yeah, completely different because we kind of had a giant squad. So there was, although we only had like one teammate, we had like this entire squad to kind of cheer us on and. I get us through it. But then once you go internationally and there's two of you, like it is so important to keep that communication up. Otherwise, yeah, it can really turn to crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, okay, so, so you had your, your, your successful time and you graduated um, in business management, was it in the end? Yeah. Uh, in the end, it was sport management. That's oh, sport management. Yeah. So, the um, well, congratulations on, on graduating. <laughs> and, um, and then you came back to, to New Zealand. Um, and stayed purely in the in the beach volleyball um, uh, path again? Is yes, that... it did for the first year and a half, and then I played most recent indoor season. I played for Raiders again just because I had a bit of a break from beach because we'd just been playing internationally. So, yeah, I played the season with them. So, yeah, so here's, here's to give people an idea as to kind of what we mean when internationally. So, 2018... You didn't start really until the middle of the year, and you went over to Germany, Italy, Hungary, Thailand, by the looks of things. Last year, you start off in Sydney, you then head over to um, Bam, Bam Tang, which I think is in Cambodia, to Thailand, to Malaysia, back to Thailand, 
back to Vietnam to China, so that's just March through till May. Then in June, it's Italy, Italy, Portugal, uh, Slovenia, Hungary, Belgium, through June to August. So basically, you're not in New Zealand from March all the way through to August. It, it's you're on, you're on you're living out of a suitcase for what's that six eight months? Yeah, yeah. Do that was like... it's awesome. Like, and that's kind of what I do it for. I was like, I love that side of it. Because you have to be road warriors. We can't progress like we want to if we're in New Zealand. So. But you pretty much, if you want to succeed, you don't really have a choice. Like you've got to be overseas. So, um, and you and during that entire that, that that entire period I'm talking about there, you've um, oh, sort of missed out the the New Zealand piece. Yeah, you're playing with um, Kerwin, um, the who uh, Francesca Kerwin, who I'm talking to on Thursday actually. Um, so, you're basically what roommates the the whole time you're you're on tour. Um, Living living in uh, each other's pocket for twenty four seven for eight months. Yeah. Um, I hope you get on. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like Francesca and I are very different people, but yeah, I love it if that's like we definitely do get along. We, you know, like I said, we are different people. So maybe sometimes the way we interpret things is a bit different. But no, uh, we yeah, it's been good. It's been a wild ride, but. Overseas, yeah, like I said, like there's things that definitely do not go right, and you have to figure like problem solve for yourselves. Like we have been in the middle of Cambodia and had our car break down and kind of have no service and have no idea how we're getting to the next place. Like there's been hiccups along the road for sure, and kind of been in moments where we're like, are we safe here? Like, <laughs> we gotta get out of this. But hey, we always make it, and we're here now, so good. <laughs> I, so, so what? So, there's no coach traveling with you. You haven't got a physio or a or anyone. It's literally just the two of you traveling um, around that around those trips. Yeah, literally just us two. That that entire well, the year before we were in Italy and we had a coach, a New Zealand coach who was there with us for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then when we went to Asia, we were completely by ourselves. And then when we went back to Europe, we had a coach from New Zealand come over because we were able to get a little bit of funding. But if we weren't able to find any funding or these coaches weren't being generous and wanted to help us, we there's no way we would have been able to do it. So when you say, so, so how much support do you get from Volleyball New Zealand how much, and how much do you actually have to personally search for that funding? Uh, we don't really get any support from Volleyball New Zealand. It's, it's just the way it is and you kind of have to accept it. Um, it's taken me a while, but I do understand that it's a results-based sport, and we New Zealand just doesn't really have the results right now. So I understand that you've yeah you've got to be winning to make the money, and I totally get that now. And so we just have to try you know, get sponsorship and trying to find. And my parents have been amazing, but yeah, they've also yeah, definitely helped me. But it's <laughs> yeah, really want to live off your parents while you're playing international beach volleyball, but it's. The, yeah, the better you are and the more results you get, the more money you make. So it kind of starts to level out and eventually. I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm not asking for... Um, but to give you an idea here, so you guys came sort of fifth in Langkawi and that got you 300 US dollars. Um, yeah, the, the prize money is not... Um, it's it's not on sort of rugby international or football footballers' uh, numbers, is it? It is... No. It is <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is. It, it is fairly down the down the pecking order of, of sports, as it is. Yeah, oh, definitely. And the thing is, with international beach volleyball, 
all the tournaments are ranked. So those tournaments we were playing in Asia, they were one stars, which is like the lowest professional level. Right. And then there's five stars, which are the highest. So kind of the higher you play, the more you get paid and all your accommodation and travel and food gets paid for kind of the higher you get up into those tournaments. Okay, so the biggest tournament you've been in is the one in Portugal um, in Espahina. That was yes. a four-star tournament? Yeah. So when you get up for the stars, I mean, is there more camera crews, bigger crowds? How does does how did you cope with or, or how, what's the atmosphere like at those bigger tournaments? Yeah, it's it's incredible. And the thing is, like, well, I'm super young in the professional level, I guess, and I'm very low-ranked. So I go to these tournaments and you're with the Olymp- like Olympians and you're with the best players in the world. So it's a bit, in that aspect, I'm like, oh, my God, I've been like, look, watching you on social media for so long and then just standing in front of me right now. I'm like, watching you in person. So that aspect's amazing. But, yeah, there's definitely crowds. There's bigger grandstands, more up for grabs. But in saying that, the like our Asian championship, which yeah, is generally in like China or Thailand or one of those countries, the crowds at those are generally pretty big. So with regards to that, yeah, our Asian championship has probably been the biggest tournament I've kind of been in so far in terms of crowds, etc. Um, so did that take a while to get used to? Or, or I guess actually maybe the having your cheerleading squad at, um, uh, at, your, at your college team in Arizona helped you with the, sort of the noise uh, and, yeah. and that side of, side, side of things. Well, I love a crowd. I love noise. I love music. Like, that's what I use. Kind of, I use the environment around me and I kind of absorb that all in. So I thrive off it. I just love it to bits when there's a bit of few people around, a bit of music. Like, it's, it's my kind of thing. So, yeah, so, for me, I just, if there's no one, I'm kind of like, man. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's no one, it's, it's, it's get, get, your, get your, your headphones on and, um, uh, yeah. and, 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 and psych yourself up beforehand. Have you had a, a, a sports psychologist or anyone like that to work with to, to help with, with that with the mental side of things? Because, I mean, they do say that professional sport is, the, the, the skill-wise, it's very similar. And actually, it's, it's these, these one or two percenters that make the difference. Yeah, definitely. I had, not specifically anymore, which is probably something I should tap into, but in college, I had this amazing coach, Kara um, Iannone, and she was, yeah, really into the ideal performance state. So kind of, yeah, it made us evaluate kind of, which was annoying because we had to evaluate every single game and how we felt, what we recognised. And we were able to find out, yeah, what our ideal performance state is and like what's going to help us perform the, like, yeah, the best possible way. And mine definitely was, like, I enjoy people around me. I enjoy noise. Where you could have a teammate who's the complete opposite, who needs to be by themselves, meditating in silence and kind of focusing. Whereas me, I need to be like energized and going crazy. <laughs> a bit of caffeine and bouncing off the wall. Um, exactly. The... <laughs> so, how do you find a partner then? Um, the if if because I'll be honest, I assumed there would be kind of camps and volleyball New Zealand were kind of pairing you up and saying, "Hey, I think you two, you guys would be good together." Uh, how, 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 if, if that's not how it works, how does, how do you find a teammate and how does, when it is just two of you, as you say, it's not a big team, so there's not really a club around it. How, how does it all yeah. work? So when an age group beach volleyball, you definitely have camps and you have selectors and coaches who pick your partner for you and they kind of help you out in that way. 
but when you get into the senior level, it's very much our choice. But Francesca and I were actually kind of put together by a mutual coach. So I was playing in the States and Francesca had just come back from Italy playing her indoor career and kind of wanted to get into beach. And so I was about to graduate college and wasn't really sure what I was going to do, if I was going to carry on. And then one of our coaches here, Fiona Scrimshaw, was kind of like, hey, I think you guys should give it a crack, meet each other. So I flew to Italy during one of my breaks to kind of meet her, (laughs) meet the whole family, kind of see if it would work out. And it kind of just went from there. But it's very much you choose, you decide. We haven't really got that much yeah, say from Volleyball New Zealand on that side. Okay. And so there's no advice as to kind of, because uh, contractually, how you split earnings, how what, what is and what isn't considered sort of coming out of joint sort of payment things and all that kind of stuff. You you have to figure out all that yourself. There's no sort of set contracts or set agreements that everyone sort of works to? No, not at all. Like, unless people are getting their own specific sponsors who are like sponsoring one person, then no, you all... It's all very much like this is a friendship as well. So like yep. <laughs> we just tell everyone that like, oh, I've got this, like I'll pay for this, you've got the next thing. It's all very much like that. <laughs> cool. So um, you've talked about sponsors a couple of times. Give, give them a shout out. Who, who are your sponsors? What, what, what kind of people oh, sponsor? Westpac and Buff and Thompson. They've been unreal. But in terms of yeah, sponsorship, we haven't really tapped into anything much. It's been hard. We've definitely applied for a lot of sponsorship. I've you know, you kind of write up this plan and you send it out and they're like, oh, no, we're not doing anything this year. Like, oh. So it's hard. It's a hard process. But like I said, I've learned to accept it. And like, beach volleyball's not that big in this country. So people aren't that willing to throw money at this sport that they don't really know is kind of professional. Like New Zealand, it's just not big. So it's kind of our job to make it big for ourselves. <laughs> And that's, and that's kind of one of the fun things. It's called beach volleyball. As we said, Arizona, stuck in the middle of the desert. Not much sea, not much beach. Plenty of sand, admittedly. Um, and, and I was talking with um, uh, TM, the, the, the volleyball uh, CEO, and she was mentioning how, yeah, that it's called sort of sand volleyball in the States rather than beach volleyball. Uh, and that they are looking at transforming old um, uh, bowls clubs into beach volleyball uh um, courts, is that is that right term? Um, yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in 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 sort of away from the beach. Um, what are your thoughts of these of the sort of purpose built courts versus actually playing on an actual beach? Yeah, I my courts in Arizona were stunning. It was like this perfect golden sand. Like it, they are, they're incredible. These courts that they can just kind of you'll see a flat field one day and the next it's excavated and there's sand and courts and it's incredible. I think turning these bowls clubs if they're not being used into sand courts is an incredible idea. Now, just something just occurred to me, do you notice the different types of sand? Or I mean, does, does, uh, or, or is sand just sand? That's yeah, there's a huge difference. There's places around the world where it's like quicksand. It's so deep and trying to run around and jump is just so exhausting. And then you get other places so it feels like it's an indoor court and it's so flat <laughs> and it's super easy to play off. But with a lot of these like college programs, they'll ship in beautiful sand because they've just got ridiculous money to just throw at it. <laughs> and then 
there's Mission Bay up in Auckland, which we trained at quite a few times, and the shells in that sand is awful. Like, our feet just get cut up and knees, and oh, it's not the most ideal spot, but sometimes you just got to train where you can. <laughs> okay, oh, sorry, right, yeah, so the, the when, it, when it's on a beach, you're using the sand that's naturally there, um, whereas when it's, yeah, when it's pre-made courts, obviously all the, all the sand will come in pre-cleaned, uh, and all of that sort of piece. So, so the I guess the surface is more. Um, what's I'm looking for here? Consistent between the yeah. the, the, the the courts that are non-beach related. Um, yeah. So you mentioned Mission Bay there. Um, you've also played uh, in sort of Mount Monganui, Nelson, Gisborne. Which is your favourite venue uh, here in New Zealand? Oh, um, Mount Monganui is beautiful like you just can't beat it like I love that place and that's kind of what I feel is the hub for beach volleyball here but uh, every every place has something different to give they truly do like it's yeah no matter what they're all pretty amazing New Zealand's beautiful in general so no matter where we play it's gonna be nice (laughs) so um we're going into into May now now last year that meant that you'd uh, just been or in the middle of or sorry going towards the end of your your Asia tour um was that kind of where you were expecting to be this year? I mean, how, how have you been disrupted by the COVID-19, apart from just sort of being locked in on a farm? Yeah, I it's <laughs> throwing a bit of spanner in the works for sure, because I ideally would have been overseas and my contract for work finished. So everything was looking towards preparing for our Olympic qualification. And so a lot of our tournaments were going to be in Asia kind of traveling around we weren't going to go to europe as yeah most of our stuff was closer to home so yeah (laughs) so i guess that makes it easier because let's be honest um trying to find a hotel in cambodia compared compared to um portugal and cost wise that's got to be a a lot cheaper to do the the asia tour or the the asia the asia venues than it is doing the the european venues yeah definitely and you know we're lucky that you know, once you kind of get to the country, the organisers kind of tell you where to go. They help you with transport. And depending on what level of tournament, that accommodation's already paid for and already sorted for you. So oh, okay. So, oh, okay. So it's not like you're having to... Um, uh, you, you, you're your own travel agents as well as coaches, as well as people, <laughs> as well as <laughs> all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, if we're at a one-star tournament, so what we did in Asia last year, we 100%... We're like kind of planning what where we're gonna stay, how we're gonna get there, but they do give you recommendations. So generally, generally you'll get there, and there'll be a few other teams staying there as well, which is nice. <laughs> so um, coming from rural Taranaki, was that trip over to um, uh, the uh, where, 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 over to Portugal? Was, was that kind of like your first big overseas sort of trip and getting used to to foreign cultures? And, and how have you react? How have you reacted to uh, yeah, basically, all these different cultures you have to deal with, and, and one week speaking some basic yeah. Thai, the next week speaking some basic Cambodian. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I very much believe like you've got to be one with the people, so I enjoy just trying random food. Sometimes it's not the best thing, especially when you're playing sport and you're like eating foreign food that kind of make your tummy upset or like, it just doesn't agree with you. So in that sense, I kind of have to rein it in. It's not like your usual tourist trip where you can kind of <laughs> do whatever you like. But I love it. I have flying, traveling, everything. I'm all about it. That's interesting because, yeah, you say you've come from an environment in Arizona for four years where 
everything's cooked for you, prepared for you. It's it's all uh, you, you know what it's going to be day to day, exactly how it's going to be, and all you need to walk, worry about is actually playing to an environment yeah. where your hotel's different, your bed's different. Uh, is the bed long enough? Is the am I going to get backache because it's a bad because it's a bad mattress? Um, how how do I order a taxi to get to the get to the ground? There's a lot more decisions, a lot more things you have to be sort of aware of and thinking about. You 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 prefer those distractions rather than being a pure a kind of um, I was going to say pure player, but pure athlete, I guess, is the yeah. Um, yeah side of things. Yeah, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there because they're very different. Like it's uh, obviously it would make life a whole lot simpler if it was like Arizona all the time, but it's never going to be like that. I. Yeah, I definitely do enjoy it because it does have a still, it still has a sense of like the traveling tourist factor. So you're still having this amazing time being able to see the culture. But if you were in a program where you did have coaches and staff, you wouldn't be able to enjoy the place as much as we can because we don't, we, yeah, don't necessarily have those restrictions, which can be a good and a bad thing because we are. Like, I probably need to do a better job at reining it in and kind of being like, Kate, you're here just for volleyball. <laughs> don't need to go to that temple today. <laughs> so who's sorry, who's Kate? No, that sorry, I said you don't need to go to that temple today. <laughs> I thought I thought, sorry, sorry, I thought I thought you thought you were quoting Kate, um, someone there. Um, oh, the, no. <laughs> um sorry, the and the so I have you do you feel that um Around that discipline side of things, uh, how how structured are you trying to make yourself? Because it sounds like you weren't very disciplined before you went to Arizona. You were forced into discipline. How much of that have you kept on going, and how much have you reverted back to a, a sort of an undisciplined lifestyle um, or, or athlete? Yeah, it's. I haven't. Obviously, Arizona taught me so much, and I wouldn't have. There's no when, like, no way I would have been able to play internationally and continue it if I hadn't had that experience. Because yeah, I probably just would have been like, oh no, I want to be a tourist. Like, I don't want to go play. <laughs> so, on that side, it's been incredible, and I understand so much more about the nutritional side and how to kind of fuel my body. But I have, like, with people who have kind of routines before they play. The way I see it is, I've kind of, I don't really have a routine anymore because when you're overseas and you're in Asia, there's so many things going on around you. Just, you don't have, like, you can't have your time to sit down and kind of relax, and everything's kind of going a million miles per hour, and you have to try find a taxi to the courts, like those kind of things. Where if you have a set routine and you're stuck in that way and it doesn't go how you expected it or how you needed it to go, it kind of ruins your game like you're thinking about how you haven't fully prepared properly you're not ready to go because you haven't taken this time you haven't stretched properly whereas like for me I've now realized that I can just let it go like this is not about the game doesn't depend on my preparation like it's all about my mindset in the game so I don't have to if that makes sense <laughs> no it makes much sense I was reading yeah. a Jerry Collins book um one of his autobiographies uh, a couple of years back now. And one of the things he says is his the hour before a game, he does the exact same thing every single time. Um, I was interviewed, had a chat with one of the, uh, with a player, um, um, player for, uh, Edwards, who's a, uh, again, an Auckland player who's now over in France. And he says, look, he gets out his book uh, and he's got three points that he wants to 
uh, work on or concentrate on during that game. And so he'll get it out yeah. and he'll study that every single time before they go on. Um, it's a bit like the Steve Jobs kind of one where you, he always wears the same clothes every day because that's one less decision he has to make. Yeah. Um, but they and those, so yeah, they are very, very structured. Um, but then they're in a stadium with a, a changing room with a set routine before each game. You're yeah. not. <laughs> this is what, is what we're hearing. Yeah. Is that a lot of those locations, you're not got the same changing rooms. Um, how you lock your valuables up probably is, is different or, or tag things is different. The availability yeah. of seats and quiet space is different depending on where you are. So being flexible is required at the one-star tournaments. When you get to the four or five-star, I guess it's going to be potentially a bit different. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, have you... So I follow cycling, um, and one of the things that cycling teams do is they carry mattresses around with the teams so that the, so that the cyclists... Uh, sleep on the same mattress every night because changing mattresses can um, alter the um, how good sleep you get, how good your recuperation is and can lead to various injuries. The shock on your face there tells me that's not something you do. <laughs> Definitely um, not. <laughs> uh, so you've not thought about sort of some sort of like a topper or a roll a rollout mat so that, that could to try and um, uh, sort of standardise your sleeping or, or, your, or your recuperation side of things? No, that's way too much admin for me. That's not the kind of like, no, <laughs> too much work. Um, and I guess the other side of things, you say you don't travel around with the physio, etc. So have you both learnt a bit of massage so you can help each other, um, massage each other after a, to, to help with the lactic acid removal or that kind of stuff? Or have you, um, how, how do you yeah. cope with that side of things? Francesca is definitely a lot better with that kind of side than I am. She kind of, If I need something taped, she'll kind of do it for me and I'll try my best if she needs something taped. But she generally, yeah, is a whole lot better at that side. I know it's something I need to work on, so I definitely make it a kind of, not necessarily, yeah, like a routine as such, because, I, yeah, like I said, it's not really my, I don't think I should have a routine, cause, but definitely getting those stretches in and kind of getting prepared that way to ensure that my body's ready is... Yeah, something I enjoy. And just kind of listening to your body as well, I think is important, knowing what it needs at what time. So when did you get to, this is something that actually quite a few athletes talk about, is when they get to know their body. Um, and then it's, you say, do I train hard today? Do I fuel today? Do I recover today? When, when How long did it take you to learn your body? Yeah, it's, I think kind of Arizona definitely helps me with that but it's a huge factor and I did not realize how important it was to listen to your body because yeah it can affect every like even just your mental state as well like if you're tired and then you like kind of drive yourself to the ground like it just if you're not listening to yourself it's like it can be absolute turmoil now um, a topic that's not often talked about uh, is that a lot of the research physical stuff is done on basically males, and then extrapolated across everybody. I was talking with the um, the women's rugby coach down in uh, Bay of Plenty, and he was talking how they're actually there's the research now around how it's different for females, uh, the menstrual cycles, etc. Uh, if, again, if it's something you don't want to talk about, I have to cut it out, but um, has that have you, have, has anyone taught you about that or, or talked about how that affects also your training and things? Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's not something that has been talked about. And I know, yeah, Shauna Polly, who's another player, she's really into researching it and finding out. 
And I've kind of always been someone who's like, no, I want to train like the guys. Like, I want to be able to lift heavy like them. And we've kind of had, I remember at Arizona, had this amazing trainer who kind of produced all these NBA players. And I was like, well, if he's going to produce them, like, he can turn me into, like, the woman, (laughs) like, compared to these NBA stars. And so, yeah, I definitely find it hard to be like no I have to like listen to my body in that aspect because I am a woman I'm not going to be able to do what these guys do yeah it's completely different but it's not about not lifting heavy weights per se but it's about when you lift heavy weights versus when you do cardio versus when you do other types of um other types of uh of 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 of, of training uh that's that's what it's much more about um cool so what are your goals with um, beach volleyball how far are you looking to go what's uh what what do you what, what do you want to achieve i see myself in a very early stage of my career and i'm nowhere near like retiring or finishing i've got so much more that i need to achieve for myself that i'm not even close obviously olympics is like the ultimate goal and if that's not something that you have inside then like, what are you doing it for Obviously, there's Commonwealth Games as well, and I plan on playing internationally for as long as I can, and I would love to be overseas for at least eight months of a year, because that's what ideally I feel like I need to be able to improve. But yeah, I'm nowhere near done. I've still got a lot to give, a lot to learn. And yeah, I think, yeah, seriously, I've got so much more to give. I'm not done yet. I'm, I'm just guessing at the dates, but you're about 25-ish. You've got at least six, seven years at least, I'd have thought, left of your career. Now, I wasn't, wasn't suggesting you're anywhere near the end. Yeah. So, but, so, um, so, the, so, so obviously Tokyo is, 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 is a target. And then after Tokyo, is it is it Paris next? Yeah. Um, yeah for me, Tokyo isn't as much of a target because I am yeah, so fresh and I don't believe that I've worked hard enough to qualify for Tokyo. So for me, it's like a training run. Okay, yeah. this is how it is. This is what I, yeah, this is what these guys are doing. And then hopefully Paris after that is when we go hard. So 2024, that's the big yeah. the big goal. Yeah. And 2022 Commonwealth Games as well. 2022. Where, um, yeah. I forgot where they're, they're going to be held now. Do you know? Do you know Birmingham. Where Birmingham, over, over in England. Of, yeah. yeah, okay. Not not as sexy as some of the other places. Um, it's in Birmingham. Um, <laughs> as far as the venue. And I guess that's something that actually I think is, is important for people to understand here that we you've been um, you, you've, you've 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 already had a, you're already a couple of years into this journey, uh, having come out after um, after college, and you're looking another four years out. So we're looking at something like an eight year plan to hit an Olympics, where so when the Olympics like in Tokyo has been delayed by one year, the impact on people is we're talking about an eight year plan to a specific date. To have that then snatched away um, is a is, is something that a lot of athletes are struggling with at the moment, and I think it's going to make this makes it very difficult to. Have you not thought about it that way before? Are you there? Oh, sorry. Yeah, just cut out for a bit there. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Um, now, what we, I guess I know you said you've got you, you've still got another six seven years. Or, well, I, I gave that number, but you still got a long way to go uh, in your volleyball yeah. career. Um, Injuries only one step away, all that kind of stuff. Do you do any? Do, do you have any ideas, or are you doing any sort of professional development outside of volleyball that's your that, that you're thinking of in for the future? 
Yeah, that's a big question that a lot, a lot of people ask, and I kind of, in my head, I'm like, well, if I think about something else, then I'm not going to be zoned in on one thing, but I, yeah, obviously, I, yeah, I've got my degree now, which has been awesome, and I do enjoy having a job as well to be able to make a bit of extra money. Specifically, I have no, yeah, in the workforce, I'm not entirely sure. I would love to be able to live and breathe volleyball for a bit, which had been definitely my goal. Uh, but in terms of like specifically what I want to do in the workforce, I truly have no idea. Um, can we ask what your job is? You say you've, you've said you've. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was working for Wheatbix Triathlon. I was I was in the customer service and promotion side, which is yeah, ton of fun. I do enjoy working with youth, so that's something that I yeah. In the future, potentially, I'm throwing around ideas. Maybe I could get my teaching degree as well. Like, there's all these kind of things that, yeah, kind of being tossed around. So part of your sports management thing is events management um, and dealing with those sort yeah. of and uh, uh, yeah, setting up and, and running those events. Oh, cool. Um, thank you, Roger. It's been an absolute joy. Uh, anything I've missed or anything that you want to that you want to say or that uh, that that you like? No, thank you. This has been awesome. This is my first kind of radio interview, so. But, <laughs> Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, don't forget, everybody, that uh, the long talk comes out at 2 p.m. every weekday, Monday to Friday. So do um, sign up uh, at the uh, Facebook on our Facebook page for New Zealand Sports Radio, uh, or um, subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play, all of those sort of places. Um, so do check it out, and uh, thank you very much, um, Olivia, for joining us today. Thank you. It's been awesome. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.